Do you ever feel like nobody is listening to you in sporting life? Do you watch a team play and think that you could do it better, or that you could manage it better? Do you sit at home and wonder what the people in charge are actually doing? If you can relate to any of these feelings, then stop right there and celebrate, because you've found the perfect outlet to share your opinions and views, the Football Rander Podcast. Are you Southern Shandy drinkers can get fucked as the North rules the Premier League. Go on, tell me otherwise, and that Astrid Bird best stick to OnlyFans as she knows jack about football. Is this how you feel about football? Do you love the North, but hate the South? Is Klopp an idiot? Would you drop kick pet? Do you dream of having hair like Arteta? Do West Ham fans remind you of orcs? Does Harry Kane spit a lot? Is the MLS a home for has-beens? If so then Football Ranter is your home. Hello, this is Avon and welcome to another edition of Football Ranter. This week we are coming at you off the back end of the first week of Premier League action. Um, the three of us at Football Ranter were all at the Emirates on Saturday, weren't we boys? Oh yes. We were, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And I've got to say, unlike you and your dad, Avon, uh, Mince got in early. Yes, indeed. I think that um, I, I I was wary. Um, you know, I, I wanted to get in early. Obviously, I wanted to see you boys a bit earlier. But I, I did um, hang around stupidly outside and have a beer with my friend who was a Forest fan. Um, and then we, we got involved with the chaos. Um I have to say, Arsenal, it was a bit of a shambles. Uh, and I don't usually say that about Arsenal because I do think they're a very well-run club, but it was a bit of a shambles. My ticket worked absolutely fine. My dad took half an hour to get in. It was um, a bit of a joke. Thankfully, we didn't get mixed up in the crush, which happened sort of, I think, you know, we saw it, didn't we? Me, me and UQ, we looked out across the crush going on outside and it got a bit bit hectic out there. So thankfully, we, yeah. we weren't involved in that. But uh yeah, I, I, you know, I had a mate was who a... was down there in it, and he said that one of the main issues he had was not the like the waiting to get in. It wasn't that, but there's a thing with the season ticket where you've got yep. to go. Is it seventeen times at least? Yeah, yeah. Um, but when they were going through, they were just using the master key to send them all through, like the 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 stadium steward. Yeah. So he was having. He was having to like email them and say, "Look, I was present at the stadium. I don't want it being like seen as if it wasn't." I don't know exactly what happened because when me and uh, El Chapo went in, it was it was fine, wasn't it? Yeah. And, like I know there was barely anyone there, but it was like beep in you go. I was on a podcast on Sunday talking to Baz from our interview uh, last week, and he was up at St James's. And they had loads of problems as well. So it sounds like it's been all over the country. Yeah, I've heard from a, a couple of different fans. And again, I've read on Twitter that anyone who's got this new e-ticketing system did, I think, have problems. And I think it was due to a certain amount of people using it at once that they weren't really anticipating. So obviously, with you, you chaps went in a bit earlier, probably didn't have to worry about handling it. But if you've got like hundreds trying to use it at the same time, there was always going to be issues. I mean... And, you know, I know Arsenal opened up, I think, the stadium at 10 o'clock, didn't they? Yeah. And I think the reason was that was because they were probably too open to get people in early and counteract it. But I hope they learn from it, and I hope they are um, invest a little bit more time and money sorting it out, because you can't have that every week. It's going to be an absolute joke, I hope they but... don't learn from it. I want to see chaos. Yeah, chaos is OK. Fair. I did think, though, it affected the start of the game. Um, I did think that, you know... 
having that extra bit of a delay affected the fans, also affected the players. It was a very slow start, I thought. You know, I, neither team, you know, really got going for a while. The flip, the flip, Chaffee, what did you think? Well, do you know, listen, so, so uh, you know, hello to everybody and thank you for those listening, by the way. Just want to put that out there and thank you for those that have sent some, such great uh, comments on our first um, podcast we put out. Um, but look, for me, it's brilliant because I got to see we got to see the first half of the um, lionesses, um, which yeah, was which was always true. a positive, and that meant that I had to drink some more beer. And ultimately, what happened was, and I can tell you right now, and I have emailed Arsenal and offered my services, is that they hadn't sized the um, system correctly. And so what happened was, is when you get you know sixty or thousand people generally trying to use the system, it just fell on its fucking ass. So kind of that, mm. that's it. Stop being tight asses. You know, stop being tight asses. Size the system correctly. If you don't, then it's going to fall on you. I'm just going to have the chaos that you got. If not, give me a shout. I'll come fix it for you for free. Well, you're a pro in this area, Steve. What's that? Just lack of road testing, or yeah, uh, that's why they opened it up early. So the reason being is that is that I I, I would say that yeah, we were the guinea pigs for this system, um, and it's obviously happened up and down the country. We're the guinea pigs for this system. So the the thing is that I having having worked with football clubs before on their IT. So I'm going to bore everybody of the story right now. Um, there is actually a little group that they've got. They've got their own. So the Premiership and the Championship have an IT managers group. Like it's like a WhatsApp chat, but it's a private system that I use, and they share design. That sounds well exciting. Yeah, mate, it's not. It's as boring as <laughs> it's as boring as fucking really is. But, but they mate, sound like they sound awesome. Yes, yeah. Well, mate, that's why I you get a bunch of nerds, but they do share all their own designs around. So what these fucking idiots have done? Wow. They haven't. Some idiots gone. Oh, you want to try this? This is really good. Um, they, and you know, somebody starts. That was the Spurs one, wasn't it? That, that was the Spurs, Spurs one. one yeah, that obviously. Yeah, and that's, yeah. But again, it goes back to that. That's what's really interesting. Is what's obviously just going to deviate a little bit with Harry Kane going over to Bayern. There's a really interesting watching how that Spursiness went with him, and Bayern was so shit. <laughs> right in the Super Cup, got a laugh at that, and and um, Harry trying to have a go at the ref, not being able to speak German. Hopefully, let's. So there is that. There is that conversation now, isn't there? Was it? Would it not have been funnier if he'd gone to Bayern and within Mm. twelve hours of leaving Tottenham Hotspur won a medal? I I think the second one would have been. I agree. I think the second (laughs) one would have been better. I would have liked him to have gone over and won a won a cup with his first ten minutes appearance or something. I think it would have been hilarious. I just got this funny feeling that where because Thomas Tuchel has been having a bit of a torrid time, and I don't think they'll fire him because. They had to go all out to fire uh, Nagelsmann before him. Yeah, and they just they could they could go and win nothing. Well, also, <laughs> also, I think the fact that Harry Kane's got this Skechers boot deal, he's going to stop scoring. I think the fact that he's gone gone to Bayern Munich, he's got a Skechers boot deal. We've never made two boots before. He'll stop scoring. Bayern Munich won't win anything. The Harry Kane curse continues. So it wasn't Spurs all along. It was basically Harry Kane. Is what I'm saying. Why is the England captain getting a Skechers boot deal? What is, what, what are you, what's, what's next? He's going to be fucking advertising for Giacomo or some well, shit. Well, listen, what, what is he doing? When he retires, probably. When he retires, he'll probably be doing that. He's got, he's got me an upgrade on fucking Jamie Redknapp for fuck's sake. Come on, the guy, like, the, you know, the guy, Jesus. He, he, and no wonder he's got Skechers. He can't even tie his own shoelaces. But we digress, yeah. gentlemen. Gentlemen, we focus as always. What have we got on to? A bomb. Tell us what what are we doing today? What we what are we actually doing today? Where are we? What are we up to? 
so this week's episode I've been really looking forward to. So um, there was a chap around last um, uh, last season, I should say, who was in the press. Um, he is a name that not everyone would have heard, but if anyone is a follower of the greatest cup competition in the world, the FA Cup, of course, yeah. they would know this gentleman's name after his exploits in League One last year. So we are going down to non-league. Brilliant. We're going to the Midlands, and we are talking to the one and only Danny Waldron. Yes. Striker of Albert Church FC, giant killers of uh, the first round when they beat League One Cheltenham two uh, one uh, away from home as well. So um, yeah, we've been trying to get Danny um, to sit down and talk to us for a while. We had to wait obviously till pre-season. We also had to wait for him to get back from holiday. Uh, I mean, you know, he kept us waiting a little while, but uh, I'm glad to say, you know, we were able to to pin him down. Uh, a month or so ago. It does seem like a long while ago. Um, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to getting... One thing I will, will kind of say before we, we do jump in is that at the time of um, our interview with Danny, he was still on the books of Alva Church uh, FC. Um, and as we talk about in the in the pod, um, he was talking about his aspirations of actually going up and playing at higher level. And since then, he has actually moved to a higher level. Um, about two weeks ago, he did move to Russia Olympic, and he has played the first couple of games of the season there. So we wish him all the best. That's brilliant news, and and it is a. I have to say, from my perspective, it's a very interesting, eye-opening um, interview. Um, and for those of you that think for one minute that actually non-league strikers just kind of drink beer, eat pies, have a few cigarettes, and then go and play football. That is so far from the truth. It really was an eye-opener for myself. Um, and he's just a really nice guy. So I like, I, I like, I like Danny. Uh, I thought he was a really, really nice guy. What do you reckon, Dr Q? I was shocked, like, um, as those that would have seen on our YouTube channel this week, um, we've had some delving into non-league in our summer holly bobs. Um, as we went down to Leatherhead FC as well, and actually learning how much work goes into... Actually, no, not how much work. I think I always knew the work was there, but but how deep it actually is. The level of professionalism at non-professional level, it almost doesn't feel fair. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, 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 the margins, I think, are that bloody fine going up the pyramid that you know i want i don't know how far down you go before that stops but we found let's find out let's find out as we've seen you know you've got danny who we've spoke to and obviously won't ruin the interview going like that's coming up but the like what we saw at leatherhead and you know talking to to hayden um the the manager there I mean, you know, talking to him tactically, how deep that really was. Yeah. Talking yeah. to him tactically blew my mind. Yeah. Like, literally, yeah. I was speechless listening to him because, like you just said, I didn't realise that level of thought process went into it at that level. And I've got, I always have got a respect for non-league football, as always, but that respect has just increased uh, from, from doing these last few conversations. Definitely. Well, he was talking about, you know, the, the the centre backs have got to be skillful on the ball. I'm like, huh? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I you know, and and just how much 
he's like, I want you to go out and enjoy and, and, and really like sort of release yourself on the field. And I'm like, I, I did not, I did not realize I did not, No, you know, and it's, you know, I'd like to think I know quite a bit about football, but you know, that's why I love football. I'm always learning something else. Yeah, exactly. One thing I've not mentioned to you boys actually is, um, since we've done the obsidian, I've been back in touch with Danny and he has invited us down to go and watch a Russell Olympic game. Um, they are playing in the local area early September. Um, so he has invited us to go down and, uh, as we mentioned in the, um, in the pod, share a drink with him, which I'm sure that we can, we can manage. We're going to buy him dinner. So look, I want to share, I just want to share a couple of things actually with our art listeners. And again, thank you. Thank you for listening to us going on. We've had some good content coming out, but I'm just going to say, we've got a couple of interviews that are coming out fairly soon, but we're going to change things up a little bit in the next week or two, because we're getting on the WhatsApp mailbag. We're all starting to see just a few little fruity uh, messages. The start of the season, we've got one game into the season and already we're starting to see some really big things. So listen to what, uh, uh, to what I'm going to say is to all of our listeners. Again, thank you. Um, but look in the notes. There's a WhatsApp number. Send us a text. Give us your voice. Send us an email. Whatever you want to do, we'll read out what your view is on your football club. Um, but coming up in the next week or two, stay peeled for it. We've got some absolute humdingers that are coming that you are not going to believe. I couldn't actually believe that fans would say this about their own clubs, let alone other clubs. So uh, I will be sharing that all with you fairly soon. Don't give too much away. Got to keep them hanging on. Anyway, lads, um, shall we um, revert to Danny now? All good? Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. And uh, here we go. Time for Danny. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you enjoy it, people. Cheers. Good evening, everyone. Once again, thank you for joining us on Football Renter. This week, we have an exceptionally special guest joining us in the studio. Uh, we've got Albert Church's staff striker, Danny Waldron. How are we doing, Danny? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Really well, mate. Really, really well. Now, first thing I want to say is... People, obviously, you can't, you're not watching this at the moment, but thank you for the shirt I'm wearing right now. Um, the people who are not wearing it right now, I'm wearing my signed Danny Waldron Albert Church shirt from the Albert Church versus Cheltenham FA Cup rank around last year. And I love it. Thank you so much for arranging to get this to me. Um, it's probably going to be the only time I'm going to wear it because I didn't want to, you know, it's all dirty. But I felt like I had to put it on to have this chat with you. And I hope that's not too weird. No, you're, <laughs> you're welcome. You can carry on, carry on with the top, honestly. I don't want to wash it because it'll get rid of your, your, your you know, I'm thinking it'll get rid of I mean, your... I'm pretty sure picture. I did it in a permanent marker, but I know what you're saying. It could it could, uh, could wear off. <laughs> well, well, I'm not going to risk it. Yeah, I'm not going to risk it. After it's been worn, it's going to go back onto the onto the, uh, onto the the mantelpiece, you know. Um, you know, it takes pride of place in my office, actually. So, oh, yeah. Um, when, you're, when your mum kindly passed it to me, I was absolutely made up. So, thank was, you so much. Yeah, I was going to say, you have to be thankful to her because she was on my case to get that sorted for you. So, uh yeah, we, we managed There's to no pressure from my end, honestly. There's no pressure from my end. Um, focused mother. So, yeah, so, um, obviously, uh, your mum's at, um, at Ascot today, isn't she? She went to Ascot today. I sent her a five to one tip earlier that won. Do you know how she got on? I'm not too sure. I've, I've literally just got home, so I haven't even had a chance to uh speak to her just yet. So, I'll, I'll find out after, but no, my mum probably, probably she hasn't won too much, I don't think. Well, I gave her a tip that come in. I gave okay. her a tip at six to one, I think, when I gave it to her, and it won right. at five to one. So I hope she got oh, some maybe, money on that. Maybe she's up so, then. Uh, maybe she is. 
fingers crossed. Um, obviously, joining me with Danny, we've got Steve um, as well. How are we doing tonight, Steve? Really, do you know what? I'm so excited. This is the first one. Be gentle with me, Danny. It's my first time. Okay, <laughs> as we're, we're all coming together, I'm so excited. We're going to kick it off here. Um, and and do you know, as I say, yeah, the disclaimer starts right now. There is provocative language of a mature nature, potentially, especially when I start getting uh, animated. Um, but but you know, I, I'm just so I'm so excited. I just well, let's go with it. Come, let's go with it. Let's go with it. So I guess the, the, I think we've got obviously a few questions for you, Danny, but it'll probably sway off and go God knows where. But I think I, we've got to start, obviously, from FA Cup run last year that really kind of propelled both Alvachurch as a club. We've got a good a good history there, but also you as a, as a name that people in the football circle sort of known. So going into the, the Cheltenham game, what were you, how are you feeling? Obviously, away to a League One club, yeah. The seventh tier club. How was the how was the vibe around the around the club uh, around the team? I'd say at the time it was just a case of let's just try and cause an upset. Let's enjoy the day. We didn't really think about too much about losing or winning. I'd say before the game it was more a case of let's enjoy it. Um, and if we lose, no one's going to say anything. If we win, it's a massive upset. So obviously, as soon as we get there, we've had the team talk from the gaffer, and he just said we're going for it today. We're not going to hold back. We're not going to sit off. We're going to play our usual game, press, pass the ball. And that's what we did. I think on the day, everyone probably played eight, eight, nine out of ten, which we had to really if we were going to have any chance of beating a League One team. But that's what happened. And it was just, what happened on the day was just surreal. It was unreal. One of the best things that's happened in football for me. Would you, I was about to say that. Would you say that is your highlight in football? Or is there yeah, anything 100%. else that you... Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's definitely the highlight for me. It's going to be hard to beat. It's going to be hard to beat, but after having a bit of taste for it this year, it's. I definitely want to do it again. Before this year, I've entered the FA Cup numerous times. I've. I don't think I've even won a game in it. So, to go on that run that we did this year it was. Yeah, it was incredible. Amazing, amazing. And sort of like after that game, what changed? Like for you personally, what what kind of changed overnight? I'd say what happened overnight was the sort of. The interviews, the coverage on the TV, it was just all things that was just new to me. I'd never experienced anything like it. I've probably done like a, like an interview where, you know, after a game I spoke for about 30 seconds and then um, obviously ITV were coming to work. Um, I'd done an interview for BBC that was coming to training. So it was just, it was just surreal really. I, I, even for the club though, there was, there was cameras interviewing other players. Um, yeah, the the whole thing it, it literally just did change overnight from some from pretty much nothing to something. So yeah, it was it was incredible. That's amazing. And did that kind of bring on any weird offers? Any kind of weird offers that you wouldn't normally get on a day to day basis? Um, I don't think. No, I wouldn't say we got any sort of weird offers. Um, I was I was kind of thinking. I was wondering if I did get any anything strange coming through. But no, I, I wouldn't say that it did. To be honest. Um, Nothing out of the ordinary. It was just sort of, like I said, ITV and BBC were messaging me. Um, it was BBC who actually came to my house to do sort of pre-match for the second round. Um, and that was on before the game. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And, like, obviously, that was obviously around, you know, New Year time. Was there any other clubs come knocking at the door for you? Or did you have any... People fishing around with trying to be your agent and stuff like that. Did that kind of stuff happen? Yeah, I did speak to my agent at the time. Obviously, it was 
it was a case of it was just a bit of like interest. Nothing really came to fruition at the time. Obviously, if it, if the if the team was seriously interested, obviously I probably would have been signed there. Now, um, obviously, it got a lot of people talking. It probably got a lot of people watching. Um, but yeah, it was it was a bit of a weird situation because once we was out of the FA Cup, our form dipped massively as a team. We went through a really really like bad stage. We have a bit of a hangover. Yeah. So obviously. People were coming to watch, and we just wasn't performing. Like myself included, we wasn't performing to our best, really. So it was, it's probably a case. I've got a lot of interest. People watching, probably taking notes, but unfortunately, it just nothing that actually came of it. So yeah, that it was. I definitely heard bits of interest, um, but nothing actually seriously came through. So yeah, it was. It was unlucky not to get anywhere with that, really. But like I said, we we didn't play well as a team. I sort of home hands up, me included. We went for a little bit of a dip. So, like, obviously, um, even away from the FA Cup, you've got an exceptionally strong scoring record. I mean, I've looked at your stats in the past yeah. two seasons, and it's almost one goal every two games, which is, you know, better than strikers who, who play in yeah, the professional yeah. ranks. I mean, so even, like, obviously, the two goals in the FA Cup got you yeah. in the spotlight. You know, you do this consistently by the look of it as well. You know, so... Coming start, 18 in 38, he's on fire. <laughs> but, like, that's an impressive record. I mean, like, you know, it's, a, it's an impressive record. I mean, like, I, I mean, we've got people in the Premier League would, would kill for that record, let's be honest. I mean, um, yeah, well, that's the thing. I think it'd be, it'd be good if I can try and prove myself a bit higher up now. I think that's that'll be the aim for next season. Have you got, you've got aspirations for that now, really? Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've, I've got a bit of interest coming from the league above. Um, I won't say just yet because I'm still in the process of trying to decide where to go to. Um, but hopefully, I'm over the next week, I should know where I'm oh, at. We, need, we nearly had an exclusive now. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say at the minute just because I'm speaking to quite a few clubs. Excellent. Well, like, there's this club at the same level in the league above. You've, um, you have played this year up before, haven't you? Yeah, so what it is, I played for Leamington at step two. Um, it was the good year. So obviously I've gone back there. I've took a bit of time to settle in. Yeah, I took a bit of time to settle in. Um, and then I, I came good towards the latter ends of that season and it, the, the season got just got cut short. So yeah, and then after that, the uh, the gaffer didn't want me the next season. So I went to Alve Church. And yeah, it, it, it ended up, took a bit of time to settle in. Then it, I ended up settling in, yeah, they, Luckily, was scoring quite a few goals for them. Oh, which gaffer? <laughs> yeah, it was it was Paul Holleran at the time. Yeah, he did. To be fair, he, he did get rid of me the first week. First first week before the season started as well. I think it was two weeks before the season started. I'd done pre-season. Yeah, I'd done pre-season as well. Um, obviously, I was looking forward to the season, and then yeah, he let me go. So luckily, Alf Church come knocking on the door, and uh, I suppose that, that probably I wouldn't have had the FA Cup exposure if that didn't happen. So have to look at the uh, the positives, I suppose. Alfred Church have got quite a, a strong pedigree of strikers down the years, haven't they? Really, I mean, you're in a a kind of long list of some very kind of I would say well known strikers in the game. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I was looking earlier. We had Jeff Holstewood, I think, finished his career at Alfred Church, played our, around nine or ten games. You had. Um, we had John Gow, Steve Cottrell, and um, Alan Smith. I think would have been the person who played the highest, uh, higher, in, highest in the pyramid. 
obviously was the um, golden boot in, in the names. old first division. Big names, actually. He was at Albertwerks at one point in his career, wasn't he? Yeah, when we had the FA Cup draw um, at Albertwerks, Alan Smith was presenting that. And obviously, it was, it was live at the time. So, yeah, he, he did mention that he'd play for Albertwerks. I didn't know that until he did say. So, yeah, it was, yeah we've, there has been some big players there. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, there's a there's a good pedigree of strikers who have gone on to do very well in their careers. So, you know, not it's never too late, mate. And I think, you know, you could be next in line for that one. Um, but if I could just take a little bit of a break from the football side of things. You come from quite a talented family, you know. And again, I know this through your mum. She's very proud of her boys. Um, your brother's obviously doing very well in his career, isn't he? In his singing career. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, if you want to compare mine and Vinny's career, his is definitely better than mine but um he's well i think it's on the path to be anyway it's on the path to be he's uh he's talented very talented the song at the moment that's doing the rounds uh, you know it, it keeps popping up on my um apple music playlist to be honest um obviously i've heard it because your mum shared yeah. it with me but it's a great song and it really kind of catches on this i mean one of my friends of mine didn't know it was someone i kind yeah. of knew and and compared it to craig david <laughs> yeah, he gets a, he gets I don't a know lot of that's a thing, though. Yeah, he got he gets a lot of comparisons. I mean, he's still got a lot of tunes that need to be released that sound better than that one. But this one seems to have uh, wow. Yeah, this one seems to have really put him in the spotlight. So, fingers crossed, it does really take him to the next level as well. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on both of you definitely, yeah. and. Obviously, closer to home, we um we've we've become uh, familiar with the Danny Waldron rap. <laughs> Tell us about that. So who's showing me that one then? <laughs> oh, your mum. <laughs> yeah, I was just that song. Uh, that song uh, Number one fan, yeah. But, uh, it's it's not bad. How did that come about? Is it is it a friend of yours or? Yeah, it, it came about after the Dalton game. It was someone someone dropped me a message on Instagram. I suppose this was kind of one of those requests that you was talking about, but this was about a month a month later. Someone just sent me a message on Instagram. I, I, it wasn't someone that I followed, so I was just I didn't even open the look at the message properly to start with. And I thought, you know, I, I may as well see what he said. And then he was like, he sent me a little snippet saying, oh, "I've made this song for you." And obviously, I just couldn't believe it at the time. And then he, he sent me the song the week later. Was like, "Oh, it's getting released on all platforms uh, next week." And I just thought it was a joke to be honest I, I thought it was a bit of a piss take but it, it turned out it wasn't turned out it wasn't and the song actually doesn't sound too bad but yeah it's um, no it don't yeah it's one of those it's pretty good this is definitely rinses me for the song and so a, little, a few other people so yeah <laughs> Came for her old on my stats I never fold on If man city kick back like folding Do you really know them whipping like a stolen I hit neck two goals Danny Waldron Chains for her own on my stats I never fold on If man city kick back like folding Do you really know them whipping like a stolen I hit neck two goals Danny Waldron I know now why the heat on the kid I also think the video that goes with it of you banging in some goals, it goes really, really well. I mean, you know, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the person who made that done very well. It's done done very well. And then um, they came and did a little performance at a presentation as well. He messaged the chairman and was like, oh, can I perform the song live? <laughs> which was, again, which was quite surreal. As you went through that FA Cup journey, and, and, and yeah, kudos to you, my friend, for, for doing that, because honestly, I've got two knackered knees, so I, I couldn't run to save me long. Um, 
did you get any stick about you know being the center of attention yeah, you know, from from the lads, bit of banter, or or did you actually did you do you feel like a little bit of negativity, or how did that all sort of go together? Yeah, well, the first time we when we got to the first round, it wasn't me who had the limelight. It was one of the other players called Edgy. Um, when they came to film the FA Cup draw, they got Edgy up, and he done the he was like stood up there and asked him a few questions, and obviously all the lads were like giving him a lot of stick. Um, so it was kind of like it's happened to someone else, and then it kind of happened to me. And it was I got a few, obviously I got a few comments, but it wasn't actually that bad. Um, and I think because it happened to someone else, I didn't really look at it like oh, it was just sole focus on me. Obviously, mine blew up a little bit more just because of it happened in the first round against Cheltenham. Yeah. Um, and obviously at work when they came to work, everyone was like oh da da da, his head's getting big da da da, and all this. But for me, it was just I was just rolling with it and going with the flow. So. It was uh, no, I enjoyed it. It was it was an experience that I might not get 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 again. So yeah, I definitely enjoyed every moment. Well, well, looking at your you're looking at your scoring record, Nelly and Ketias, mate. I think we're gonna have to do a trade, aren't we? Get you up, <laughs> get you up, playing uh, instead of Eddie. But look, look, the other one is, did you find you know when that obviously because there's a bit a lot of pressure. There's a, a, you know, I, I know this sort of Gaffer saying, chat. We're just going to get out there and do our game. We're going to go out and we're not going to sit back. We're not going to give them any respect. We're going to go in and absolutely get at them. Or did you find that there were there were people around you in the team that sort of kind of went back a little bit into their shell, like and you sort of sit there and think, "Wow, I didn't expect that." You know that they, that not that they got overall because obviously when you're on the pitch, you're on the pitch and you you do your game. But you found that that you know the strong characters that you thought kind of weren't weren't the same. Did, did you have anything like that happen? Game, not so much. It was like I said, everyone was a solid eight, nine out of ten. So obviously, some players were unreal that day. Um, but no, honestly, that day, I think as soon as we walked out, because we don't really get many crowds at Lime Meadow, we walked out and there was obviously it was a packed out stadium. I think of like five thousand people. It was looked at the Alv Church away end was full, and like I think it just gave everyone goosebumps and got everyone in the mood for the game. It was again like something like we'd never experienced all season, and I don't think. Because we was expected to win, there was too much pressure on us. I think everyone literally relished the moment and played the best. And like I said, it was it was literally like we, we did butt the ball. We, we we didn't look out of place on the day against the League One team at all. Um, obviously, we needed a little bit of luck, but it wasn't like Cheltenham absolutely played us off the park. We missed a few chances, and so did they. So, yeah, it was. I wouldn't say it was uh, a sort of unfair result either. So. So with that, so I mean, do you still get the butterflies though when you go out? Because because to me, I would be every game I'd be buzzing. I mean, I could run twenty yards and then I'd have a heart attack, and yet about nine of you carrying me off. But do you still get that buzz? Do you, you know when you, you you sort of walk in, and you kind of, you know, you, you at that moment just before you, you get onto onto the, the the pitch, do you get that? Do you still get that buzz? Yeah. Does it still drive? Yeah, you? of course. I think obviously I, I wouldn't play if it didn't. But the buzz is nowhere near as good as it was for Cheltenham. Um, I think towards the, the latter end of the stages, because the amount of games that we've played, obviously with the FA Cup, the FA Trophy, we played like four games in a week. So that last week was just like, I was turning off. I was just playing like, three, I think I played three 90 minutes or four, like three 90 minutes and a 75 minutes in a week. And like, as you can imagine, it's, yeah. it's, it's not it's not nice on your body at all. And like it, the last couple of games, I was just absolutely drained. So I wouldn't say the butterflies are there that last week. But yeah, every game, obviously, I want to I want to win and score goals. So it's it is definitely still there. Just nothing really compares to that day at Cheltenham. That the whole day, the buzz before and after was just something else. 
So, so you're running along. So you're giving it. You're giving yourself, but you're dead on your feet. You're absolutely dead on your feet. What's oh, the worst? So what's the worst? Not you know. You know so for your own fans, what what sort of stick do you get? What have they said to you? Like, because mate, because honestly, honestly, I'm vile on the terraces. Fortunately, I'm up in the gods. I can't. Yeah. Afford, I can't afford the seats near the front because I'm absolutely vile the way I scream uh, at you guys because I'm so passionate and I'm so driven. What's this, what sort of thing? What do they say to you? Like, what do you say to you? Like, what what, is, what do these fans yeah, say? I was going to say that the Elf Church fans have been quite good, really. But we, I think it was the game after. No, it was the game the week before Cheltenham. I think we all had the FA Cup in our heads, and um, we was one nil down to Kings Langley, and they they scored from like the halfway line. There was one nil off, and uh, we actually got booed off the pitch. We actually got booed off by our own fans. <laughs> Um, that's the only time that happened but obviously as soon as you start winning so many games the, 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 the expectation gets more yeah. um, but in terms of towards the end of the season I think the fans were quite understanding to be honest but we were just all shattered um, but in terms of like abuse I don't actually get much abuse from the opposition fans but I've, I've literally I remember I played away at Altrincham a few years ago um, I think it was like 3-0 down was getting absolutely battered our manager got the sack that day as well because we, we were just in a bad run. Um, I've gone over to pick the ball up for a throw-in and one of the fans have gone, number seven, you're fucking shit. And I was just shouted that right in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably like the worst sort of abuse that I've had. But to be honest, at the time, I did find it a little bit funny. It was one of them where you, you've even got to just laugh at your plays on your mind. And that was the best he had. Yeah. That was the best he had. <laughs> Roll with a punch. So it's, here's what here's what I'm saying. So so right, we're we're on the pitch, right? We're all playing. Everyone's focused. And you're, feeling, you're feeling all right, and you got a twat of a ref. How do you do? How do you deal with a twat of a ref? Like seriously, you got this village idiot in black that, that should that genuinely, genuinely. When I watch the Premiership things, I just want to repeatedly beat them with the linesman's leg. That I've just torn from them and beat them senseless. Like, how do you deal with that? Because I can't. Like. I, I, Honestly, we, we yeah, we, we get it every week. The the referees, some of them, it's absolutely terrible. I mean, like you said, we, we get some right cocky ones as well. We had one, um, we played Coventry in the semi-final the other, not so long back. Um, and the, the ref was was talking to me like he knew me. And he was like, oh, you, you used to be a lot fitter than this, you did. Wow. Like wow. This. I was like, what? I had to look at him and think, who's this? Um, but no, he was just giving proper cocky shouts. And it, like, it's one of them. Like, you, you can't really argue with them too much because I'll yeah. start getting the cards out. Um, again at Cheltenham. Again at Cheltenham. I scored that goal, obviously. I was losing the, like, losing my mind after the goal. Never felt anything like it. Went to the, I saw my mates in the crowd, gave him like a bit of a hug and then he booked me. He was like, what? obviously there'd been a face on the pitch. Yeah, there was, a, there was a flare on the pitch. He goes, you see this? You see that? You could have caused a crush over there. You're getting booked. And I was like, what? I literally didn't even jump in the crowd or nothing. Just saw my mates. I, 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 I just went over to him. And then, and then he was like, oh, you're getting booked. I think, I think, I, I, can't, well, I, I know you have respect for the match official, uh, even if they are village idiots. Um, and we've seen it. So, so the, I mean, the other intriguing thing for me, because again, you know, from a fan's perspective, you know, we support the club and not necessarily the players. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's it's for the club and it's everything that we sort of go through. Um, how do you deal with, like, like if you're, you're in a dressing room, right, and you've got a massive ego in there, you've got a real somebody who thinks he's absolutely the next level, how do you deal with that? I mean, how, as a team, like, what, what, 
like you know, and I don't want you to name names or anything like that. I've got you know some some Billy Big Bollocks yeah. thinks they're gonna that you know rule the world uh, in there. And how you know, what'd you do like yeah, in yeah. that situation? Oh, I think it's uh, more of a case the the senior players will deal with that. I mean, luckily, that never really happens. I don't think the manager would let that happen either, because um, if if you think you if you think you're Billy Bo- Billy Big Box and you don't back it up on the pitch, you're gone. So yeah, I don't think we did, we really had many of those. But again, if if there was players like that coming in, the senior like players would definitely have a word of them. Uh, right. The manager would have a word of them as well. Um, last season, like, like I said, I don't think that really happened last season. Um, no, not the top of my head, but that's that's what would happen. It would get dealt with very soon, unless they backed it up and was scoring, you know, a yeah. hat trick every week, or there was <laughs> a keeper and pulling out some crazy saves every week. But there's it's hard to act like that, really. Um, obviously, some players are going to have egos, but like if you said, if if they walk in and think, you know, they're above everyone, it's it's not going to work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Just like, I've got a couple more, mate. I've got a couple more. Just, I'm finding this fascinating. I've got, I'm absolutely fascinated. Let's let's go back. Let's go back in time. Let's go back to the beginning. All right. Let's go back to the beginning. What is it that that kind of you know? To be honest with you, the envy of most you know middle aged men and fat old men like me. Um, you play. You're playing. Yeah. You're some professional football. You know. You you you've got a better score record. You, you do really well. You, you're kind of going up. But what is it? What is it about the football that you thought, do you know what, I really want to go at this. I've got a talent for this. You know, like, like when you went to mum and put a ball under your arm, you know, from a playing out thing, saying, like, mum, I, I just wonder, what, 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 is, what is it that got, got, got you into that excitement of it all? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I think it's a case of my mum will tell you that <laughs> since I was in a stomach, I was kicking. She used to, she used to sit there and see my foot just caught <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Um but I, I, I remember playing my first five-a-side game. I think we was 3-0 down at half-time. I came on and then I scored four. And that's when I was like, oh, OK, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at this. And I started getting enjoyment yeah. of playing, actually playing well, scoring goals. And then, yeah, it just sort of progressed that way. And even still now, like, there's, there's no better feeling than scoring a goal. Especially when it's like, you know, a sort of occasion like Cheltenham, the big games, when you win those, there's, there's no better feeling than that. Um, yeah. Even the celebrations after that, like the social side of it as well. I think it's good yeah. to get the balance of everything. Obviously, you can't take take the piss and be drinking all the time. But you know, after games like that, the nights out with the lads, it's something that that will also live with you as well as the the actual win at Cheltenham. It's, cool. it's something that you, you don't forget. We well, got you got to be able to let a little bit out. You got to be able to let a bit of steam yeah. out. Yeah, but because ultimately, you know, um, and, and and I think. You know, and I think when I see some of the players that you know gambling and drug addictions and, and drink addictions at high, it's because you're so enclosed and ensconced into this sort of world, and you have yeah. to be that kind of person. You, you got to let it out yeah. sometimes, every now and again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You um, you, just a quick one, right on that road. You talk about um having a night out yeah. with the lads after the Cheltenham game. Was I right in thinking that one of your friends had had money on you to score first and Alpha Church to win? Isn't that called get inside a gambling kind of? You know, you get arrested for that stuff. You know, no. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know at the time that he was doing it. He rang me up after. He's like, I can't believe it. I've done this. I've done that. I, I, I put some crazy bets on there for me to for me to score for. I was gonna say, surely he took you out. Surely he took you out that night. You know, because he must have won a pretty penny then. Yeah, no, he, he wasn't there. He, he should have been there buying all the drinks, but no, he wasn't there. Um, 
but yeah, I'd, I'd seen the bets come through. He's like first goal scorer, next goal scorer. I'd, I'd, I was like, me to score any time. He won some stupid money on it. I just couldn't believe he'd done that. I saw. Yeah. It. I think that's where I saw it on Twitter. Obviously yeah. I started following Albert Hertz and following his up. Yeah. I think that's where I saw it, and it was some serious bets. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I mean, that's just confidence for you, though. He had, he had the yeah. confidence in his mate. No, you know what I mean, well, confidence or stupidness. I don't know which one it was, but he, uh, it paid off either way. How do you, Danny? Danny how do you, obviously, you know, you you work, and you mentioned that you work and stuff, and obviously you you, you play football. Yeah. How do you fit your training in? How does how does that fit in with all of that? You know, what, what what's the yeah. I've um I've literally just got back from the gym, so I've, I finished work, came back to the dogs, um, then I went to the gym. I'm, I'm obviously it's pre-season now, so I'm doing a lot of sort of strength training, yeah. a lot of uh, power work, just to condition my body ready again for all the running that's going to come off. Um, I got back off holiday last week. I trained three times last week. So yeah, it is a lot of it's it's hard work. You, you get your holiday in and then you you're pretty much back to it. Like it's you work, you train three times a week, even when it's off season. Then it's pre season next week. Um, so I'll be training on a Tuesday, a Thursday, Saturday. And then I'll be going to the gym on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So again, it's literally Sunday is my only day off just to chill out and relax. Wow, wow, That's, That's it, is, yeah, it's a big it is a big commitment. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have a nutritionist that you work with as part of the club, or, or, or is that something that you work on yourself? As diets, well, got last year we, yeah, I mean, okay, I went to uni, I, I, I did sports science, so I'm quite aware of obviously what to eat, what not to eat. Um, last season, we did have someone who recommended foods who like helped me improve my diet even more, uh, more of a strength and conditioning coach to help obviously help prevent injuries to like touch wood, that's because that can be the biggest issue yeah. in football is you've got to try and do your best to sort of prevent any injuries happening there's no there's nothing to guarantee stopping them but you've got to do your best you know to prevent that happening but yeah it's it's a massive commitment it's it's tiring i remember the first year that i'd done it i was like this is this is a lot especially for the money that i was getting at the time it was you know yeah first that's that first season that i was doing i wasn't getting paid a lot so it's yeah it's uh it is it's it is rewarding in the end like i said winning winning games and um, get into the big games. So yeah, it's it, it all it all works out in the end. It's a short career. That's that's the other thing that's in the back of my mind. It's it's something that I'm not going to be able to do forever. So I want to make the most of it while I can. Who like an outsider could be a member of family, could be a fan, it could be anyone who basically isn't in that same footballing bubble. Yeah. What what's the most unrealistic thing they think about? Because it obviously it's, it sounds like such hard work, yeah. And yet a lot of people think footballers have it easy. Yeah, I was going to say the, the, the full is it's going to be easier for the full time footballers in terms of the time that they get. Obviously, there's there's more pressure, more demand on them. Um, but with yeah, non league it is tough. We obviously have to work. Most of us nine to five. Um, we play three times a week. Sometimes we're travelling down. Last season it was down to Needham Market, which is Ipswich. Um, we had to travel there. We had to travel there on Tuesday night because the game got called off due to the FA Cup. So that was like we left at like three o'clock, got back at two in the morning, work the next day. Um, obviously, a lot of people have got kids. So yeah, it's, it's it's a massive commitment in terms of that. I think that's they're the biggest commitments. I think people forget that you have a life outside of football. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it sounds. So, so obviously, the, the 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 risk and reward 
is is massive. And I, you know, and as you mentioned, you're 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 testing yourself even more. You're going up another league slowly but surely. You're you're, you're going to make your way up, and hopefully, you know, then you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, you, you're going to get right to the top, mate. We, we wish you the best on that. But the commitment that that you know, as you say, it's, it's I, I can't see it any difference. As a professional, you're a professional athlete, and it's irrelevant how what yeah whether you you class yourself as semi pro or pro or whatever. You're a professional athlete. That's what you do. You know, if you're going to the gym that often, you've got nutritionists. You're working with your di- yeah, you're working on your diet. Because mate, nine times out of ten, I just want to sit back and drink five pints and have a massive pizza. Um, yeah, that's that's my idea of exercise. If if I'm honest with you, and I walk the dogs for forty five minutes, but. Um, but but no, I, I mean that's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And then you say you got the strength, you got the, the areas of speciality with where you change all of your training for strength yeah. at the beginning of the season, and then obviously longevity to make sure you don't get the uh, injuries. The whole piece that goes with it. That's absolutely incredible. Like I, I don't know, I'm a fan. I just a screamy fan that shouts from the uh, that, that shouts from the uh, stadium. Uh, in uh, and, and I don't know, you know Adam, would you recommend? Do you reckon we we can start training with Danny? Just get in there. Come, you should come down to pre-season. I'll, I'll get you fit in a few weeks. Well, <laughs> I've got to be honest. Like just listening to that made me tired and made and made me made me reach for my can of beer. Like literally, just this morning. Are you inviting us down for pre-season? Yeah, I'll get you fit. I'll get you fit in a few weeks. Oh. I'll get you free. I'll get you free. Nice and tight. Free season. I'll be there at the end, mate. Put the shoulders, get the towel out. You know, the fan up. You know, slice the oranges. Magic, magic sponge. We're going to magic. Bring me magic sponge, and I'll make some tea. That's what I'm bringing to this relationship right now. Just putting that out there. Um, I, 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 mate. I, I, honestly, I'm not. It's not. Stump is not. Is not the right thing to say. But actually, to hear it from an athlete's mouth to actually yeah. say this is what I do because I love this so much this is so important to me all right I kind of feel a bit twattish now as a fan for shouting at anyone and calling you know calling. although I, I I do remember a few um a few games where I, I managed to get some seats at the Emirates right down on the um, halfway line and I did give, I did get some <laughs> what game? stick not oh, our okay. own obviously yeah. new way new way plays and uh, how how you have the restraint not to beat the shit out of me uh, or, or people like well, me. We have, have no to get we have to get used to it, don't we? <laughs> i tell you what, just I... a quick story about that. And this, um, <laughs> this is a couple of years ago, we went with my, my boy to watch Stevenage. Um, and yes. they were playing, I think, Grimsby. Um, and we had seats and we were about five minutes back. So you can hear everything at that level. You can hear like the players on the pitch. You can hear yeah. linesmen and that. Yeah, and I was going to say that like, they're professionals, but that's hard. Some of the abuse that they were getting, and I always remember we're sitting there. My lad must have been about ten at that point, so he's not quite used to the industrial language as much as he is now, being fourteen or so. And it went quiet during the game once, and someone had shouted out, "Linesman, do your job!" And the linesman just turned around. And he went, "I am trying," and put his arms up like that, and it was just brilliant. Like it was just the best thing I've ever seen at a football match. Oh, I do. I've, I think I feel sorry for the linesmen more than anyone, especially the ones that stand next to our gaffer this season. The amount of stick that they get. They, that's probably, they probably get more stick from the gaffers than the crowd. It's, I'd, I'd actually hate, especially when they stood by the um, 
by the where the, the technical yeah. area where the, the gaffers are standing, I'd I'd hate to be a linesman. I couldn't Same do that. Way. I don't think they get paid enough for the abuse. That That's they get. even true at a lower level. So I again, as Stephen Chill now, I coach my my lads' yeah. team, so they're under fourteens now, and uh, and I'm like that. I I do give the linesman some some stick, and this is like kids level. I've been guilty of that. But also, I'm going to share a little story about referee with you just quickly because I think you might like this one. It was our last game of last season and the ref turned up and this was going to be his 800th game. Okay. Which tells you how old he was. Like, he was in his 70s, easy. In his 70s. And, like, already I'm thinking this is going to be interesting. So, come before the game, we kick off and... I always count the players, like I always do, and their team had one more player. So they're going down their line straight away, and I'm getting, I'm going, ref, ref, they've got, they've got 12, they've got 12, and he's just like, I'll be with you in a minute. And they went and scored when the first attack crossed in. And I was like, ref, they've got 12, and he's like, hold on. And he's like, blow up, start again, you've got more players. It was like, fine, that's great. And it was like, that's one thing. And then we play, we're kicking on again, and then the ball come out, and I pushed it back on. And they're under 14, so they should be playing with a size four. And I felt the ball, and it felt big and heavier. Yeah. And I thought, that's not. So I rolled it back in, and I said to the, said to the ref, that's a size five ref. Have a look, it's a size five ball. And he was like, no, size four is regulation. This is a size four ball. He's looking at it, I was like, fair enough. And obviously, my team had heard me talk about this already. And my son's the goalkeeper. So next time my son gets the ball, he finds four. And he's like, ref, it's a size four. It, sorry, ref, it's a size five. It's a size five. And the ref's like, no, we've already been over this. It's a size four. And then the captain of our team grabbed it, put it up to the ref's face and goes, it says size yeah. five. Like this, you know, and the ref was like, so it does. <laughs> and it's like, what's going on? For the first five minutes of the game, he had one player more on the other team. He was a ball down, ball too heavy. Got to half time, it was nil-nil. And he came up to me at half time. He's like, I'd appreciate if you would have waited to half time to point those things out to me. And I was like, Yeah. What? I think it's time like, to go with this. Like, or Hungry's Whistler. I think it. Oh, it was, it was madness. And it made me kind of question why I do these things. But uh, we ended up losing the game. But that's that's neither here nor there. Anyway, just wanted to share that. But, Danny, listen, mate. Um, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely uh, really thank, appreciate it. Um, and, uh, and, and, and listen, I'll tell you what we will do. Here's a promise, right? Here's a promise. When the season starts, these but this bunch of village idiots that you got in here, we're going to come down and we're going to scream at you. And I'm <laughs> going to scream at you properly. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to abuse you properly. Right? We have got a mission to get around the non-league this season. We have got a mission amongst ourselves to get around non-league football okay. this season. So, yeah. We're, we're, come, we're come down and see you, mate. And tell you what, we'll we're, we're buy, we're buy you a very healthy lunch or dinner or whatever it is, depending on what time we kick off. So, really appreciate you. Yeah. And the worst thing you've done is give me your mobile number now, Danny. So, you know, sorry about that. <laughs> Take care. Right, speak to you soon. Thanks for having me. Take care, mate. Cheers, mate. See you soon. Best yeah. of the season. Wow. It, you know, for, for me, guys, I, I think, you know, Sean, you brought up, yeah, Sean and I, it's really good. We, we were like, I felt like a little bit of a teenager there because we were scribbling, Sean and I were scribbling little notes and kind of handed it to each other and asking these different questions the way it plays. And so actually, I think what hit me the most actually out of it is to see the dedication 
And everybody goes, oh, well, it's non-league. You know, it's non-league. It's nothing. But see that dedication to do nine to five, to do all of that training, yeah. to to get yourself in that space, to have a couple of weeks off, and it literally is a couple of weeks off, to come straight back and then get right into it. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of blown away. I'm kind of blown away. And I'm even more excited. Now, do you know what? I'm more excited for our podcast. I'm more excited for what we're doing because we're getting, we can speak to more characters like this. I, I just, this is going to be awesome. I just, yeah. I'm really good with it. That, yeah. that training, that level of training was mad. I mean, I, to be like, uh, I mean, I knew a little bit anyway because, as you know, I, I followed Basestoke Town being a program editor and, and done interviews and stuff with, with those guys. And I, I know at that level, it's harder work than people realize. And whilst they're also doing like jobs alongside it. And I mean, what it reminds me of is the fact that like, as fans, people aren't realistic. So this season, Basestoke actually got promoted and they won like 15 games in a row, which in any league for any reason, it's amazing. Yeah. And <laughs> obviously the 15 games came to an end. And on the first, on the game that they lost, I was stood behind a group of, of Basingstoke fans who, bear in mind, had just watched 15 in a row. And as the goal went in, I heard one of them go, oh, fucking hell, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they got put up with. It's, what, it's harder than Premier League football because I think so. the level of expectation actually seems more unrealistic. Yeah. Because the, the they're all bound by this like supporting a non league team is like a collective collective trauma. Yeah, yeah. The group therapy session has yeah, started going it on. A, yeah. It is a bit yeah, I think this is one of the reasons why we want to meet these people. For that exact yeah. reason, it is the group trauma, it is the therapy sessions. But I think they're that I think the difference is that the players and the clubs are much more accessible at this level than they are higher up. And I yeah. think in respect that gives it to an extent, a little bit more pressure. Obviously, there's a very much pressure high up. But yeah. high up, you know, if you don't want to, you don't have to talk to these people. You don't have to have any kind of interaction with them. Whereas yes. if you go down to the lower levels, you, you ain't got a choice. You know. They don't know PR people. Yeah, yeah they don't they, know PR people doing, yeah. doing that. They've got the option to chase you through the fucking car park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Literally. Or wait for you. It'll block the entrance. Some of them, yeah. some of them are probably your neighbours, for God's sake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I see him in the town shopping. Yeah, it's it, it's. There's no getting away from it, like at all. And I think that's where, from when we started this, that's what the kind of people I want to talk to get really talking to those kind of people who are really passionate and follow their team home and away, you know, and go away on Tuesday nights and stuff like that, you know, and travel around. And I think that's one of the things for me that he said today was like when that, that game was rearranged down in Ipswich, you know, and they had to you know, leave at three in the afternoon, didn't get back till two in the morning. And he had to do a day's work before and a day's work after on his day job yeah. and play a game of football in the evening and travel probably three hours each way to get there. Yeah. It's mental. It really is. Have you ever, like, have you ever followed a club like that? Like home and away, overseas, everything, the whole thing? Arsenal. Yeah, no, Arsenal. no, no. I'm talking every single... If you get a ticket, yeah. I mean, do you not at least treat those people with a little bit of suspicion? <laughs> <laughs> it's like to go that, that like, because you, you have to give up like a lot of your life to do that. Yeah. And if you do do that, then you then surely are that guy on the side of the pitch who's 
who's ranting because it's his life. Yeah. Mm. True. And I, I do say he, I'm sure there's females, but let's be honest, it most likely is going to be a man. Yeah. Don't know. I thought, um, I thought he'd come across as a genuinely good guy. Uh, nice. Easy nice at all. We had, nice. we had some few uh, technical issues, but that's that's modern life, isn't it? You know, that's modern yes. life. It adds, it adds to the genesis of class. So I think, in conclusion, we've interviewed a semi-professional football player. We've learned some really interesting parts about it and interesting parts about actually what it's like to be a footballer. I um, think it's also worth following his career from here. I mean, he's, you know, he, he's still got a lot of playing years left in him and yeah. he's got a hell of a strong record in those leagues. And I'd be very surprised if he doesn't at least get a couple of rungs upwards for yeah. years now. Well, there we go. Well, we were first. We were first to a proper interview with him. So, uh, so Danny, thank you very much. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think uh, signing off from the uh, Football Renter podcast. So, first off, i got to ask you, El Chapo here, why are you listening to right to this very end part of the podcast? But anyway, since you are, let me give you our WhatsApp number. Our number is 07856 That's 07856 506029. And if you're in uh, or outside of the United Kingdom, plus 447856506029. If you want to send us a little email, you can send an email to shouter at footballranter.com. If you also want to speak to any of us that are on the podcast, say Dr. Q, A Bomb, or me, El Chapo, just send us an email to Dr. Q, one word, at, sh- at footballranter.com, or A Bomb one word at footballranter.com or lastly of course if you want to speak to yours truly el chapo at footballranter.com and that's it we may even bring you onto our podcast again thank you for listening